Testify, the interview portion of Table Radio. My name is Anna Spray, and this week I got to sit down with Tim and Michelle Hardy, longtime members at the table who've been reaching out to others in various contexts for some time. It has really become a way of life for them and something I think we will all be encouraged by. Enjoy! Well, another month, another theme in our Rooted series, and I'm here with Tim and Michelle Hardy. Thanks for coming out, guys, on this rainy morning. And uh, we are talking about outreaching love, which is our third theme in our Rooted series. Have you guys been finding the Rooted series so far? Good, good, yeah, yeah. I've appreciated. I mean, I think it's it's nice to be able to spend some time on on each theme. I think that's been a good move for mm-hmm. having. You know, pulling it out over four weeks has been, yeah. Yeah, it allows it to percolate and to sit with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because when we first planned this whole series, we're like, oh, we'll just get through all these, then we'll get to Advent and we'll just charge on through. And I remember, I can't remember if it was Josh or somebody said like, oh, maybe we should stretch it out more. And initially I thought, oh, that's weird. We talk about one thing for a whole month, but you're right. It's actually been really fruitful. It's been good. It's it's been very counter to kind of the fast news, fast, you know, media cycle that we're right. used to. It kind of pushes in the opposite direction, so that's kind of nice. And hearing different perspectives and different voices on it really helps, I think, yeah. too, just um, because people have come from different angles. and. Yeah. Yeah, so that, for me, that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is good to hear from people, and especially from people you don't typically hear from. And I can let you guys in on a little secret. When we <laughs> were talking about this series, Spoiler Andy alert. and I were brainstorming who we would want to talk to on each of the themes, and mm-hmm. you guys were the first ones we thought of when we thought about outreaching love. So it was an easy, easy choice for us. It was actually the quickest... <laughs> selection we made on all the themes so I think that says something about you guys and how you lived your life and your presence in this community and but there are a lot of people and <laughs> we were just talking about this there's a lot of people in our table community that exemplify outreaching love mm-hmm. I think maybe I'm guessing we came to mind first just because we are involved in something that's like with Street Hope being very public. Yeah. Mm. But there are so many people in our table community that are involved in random acts of service or kindness or or regular um, acts of kindness and care for people in their neighborhood. And yeah. we are constantly being inspired and challenged by people yeah, at, at the table community. That's cool. So I think we have to remember that, that, yeah, even though we might be involved in something that's very obvious, like with Street Hope, or in our neighborhood, um, but there are people that are actively engaged on a regular basis mm-hmm. with their neighbors and in, in their community here yeah. at the table, and mm-hmm. they don't maybe aren't as well known, but it's happening. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's definitely our hope, right? That this is something that we all share together, and we're spurning each on each other onto it more. Mm-hmm. So I want to chat with you guys first. Uh, you know, I always like to go back into people's kind of pre-table life (laughs) and kind of learn a little bit more about everybody. And so I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what was kind of the example that you saw in the church growing up, if you grew up in the church? Um, Yeah, what did you guys notice when you were kind of coming to faith at impressionable ages? Impressionable ages. So 
Uh, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. Yeah, well, see, there you go. You're learning something already. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I literally grew up <laughs> in the church. Um, and uh, so, I, so it's been something that's always been part of my life. Um, and then it's been a, a kind of a slow process of, of you know, cha- adopting it into my own way of thinking and, and, and living, um, independent of my my parents. Um, I think my, I mean, my parents were certainly, I think, good examples. They were, um, they were involved in a lot of different things. Uh, I was thinking of when they were first married and partly when I was a younger kid, they were working with, um, international students at, um, at the universities originally out in, um, in Montreal actually. And then, um, when they came out to Vancouver, they did a bit of that too. So there was always, I mean, I think our house is always a place of, of, hospitality welcome there was people from all different uh, parts of the world really in, in in the house and my um and I think my parents did a lot of uh that kind of stuff inviting people in um my uh and I was my dad in particular I, I think of him as being a very open open person and really interested in, in bringing people together and um he used to have uh I was Think about this the other day. It's this uh, one of the things he did as a as a pastor was try and get all the all the other um, clergy or people in the, in the area in their yeah. city together on a regular basis. Oh, okay. And uh, and so we I remember, call those ministerials. Ministerials. That's right. There you go. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I wouldn't. I know not to oh, okay. not use the lingo, but um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's this this idea of of trying to. Um, to reach out to other people from different and from different um, different faiths, different or no faith. I mean, I remember my dad saying it was kind of the highlight of his career when he finally got the Roman Catholic priest to show up at the oh, ministry. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I think it was interesting because I mean, this is off topic, but he was one of his focuses was prayer. He said, "Just let, let's just get everyone together to pray." Yeah, and that was. And that worked. <laughs> it's funny how just simple things like that can, yeah. there's such inertia to try to get people to just even gather just for that. You mm-hmm. think it's, it's a pretty simple thing, but. Yeah. And it was, I guess it was just a low, low barrier. It kind of broke down the, the barriers that we yeah. talked about. I mean, it's a little less. So anyway, and then, and then it was actually, there was a, another, th- it was another prayer theme. They, um, they started this thing they called prayer care. And that was a, that was kind of a more of a neighborhood outreach. They actually had a little sign you could put up in your window that said, "If you're interested in in prayer, you can, there's, a, there's a house you can well, come and talk can to." Come to the house. Well, they, 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 at least watch <laughs> it was kind of like a neighborhood watch. Wow. Yeah, that was the idea. Okay. Yeah, but uh, oh. and I guess they also felt like that was something that people. It was less intimidating for me. I don't know, just some way of, of reaching out to people that people I could. If you have a prayer need, you could come yeah. in. This, here's that. a house that you could, that prays and yeah. would be interested in listening to. You. Anyway. That's Interesting. Yeah. That's huh. so interesting. <laughs> See, you're learning things too. I, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know about that prayer card. Then, oh, yeah. then the way yeah, I need to talk card. to your parents about that. Yeah, I'm intrigued cool. because I think that could fly, actually. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, that would be an interesting. I do have to say that your 
dad and your mom are probably our biggest cheerleaders right now with Street Hope. Often mm. on Tuesday evenings before we go out, they will call us and just let us know that they're, they're praying, praying for us. Oh. Yeah. So it's that's awesome. Yes, it's they're they're incredible people. Yeah. Yeah. So incredible great. support. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. How about you? Well, um, so like Tim, I also grew up in a Christian family for which um, I'm really thankful for. And when I was younger, my parents really modeled to me community care. Like they were really involved with on our block. We lived on a crescent and, and... my mom did kids clubs. She did a woman's Bible study, which mm. is pretty in the 70s and 80s. You know, yeah. I guess you could. Yeah. Women <laughs> who had no faith background would come. And um, yeah, they were they were involved with their neighbors. My dad, I remember there was a man that um, was struggling with addiction to alcohol and my dad befriended him and spent so much time with him mm. caring for him and trying to help him bringing him down to the states to a recovery center and wow. yeah um so i yeah i i they were a definite um influence and example to me then and then um in my early they were also they were also interested in overseas stuff yes that's right yeah they wanted to bring us all to move to nigeria (laughs) yeah to (laughs) to live in nigeria and um and there was political unrest so we we couldn't go so instead we stayed in canada and my dad ended up starting to do a lot of mission work on his holidays he would instead of uh he would take time off and he would go and travel that was his vacation And then when we finished school, my mom started going with them, and they and things settled down in Nigeria, and they ended up going to Nigeria every year annually for a few months of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that 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 also that expression of faith outward beyond the immediate community was also modeled to me yeah. in that way. Yeah, it's interesting to me. You know, there's so much discussion now about what we expose our kids to, what's safe and stuff, you know, and just interesting that you're, mm-hmm. you were fully aware of what your parents were up to, what they were doing. They included you in that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I know, um, I don't know, it's just always a conversation now in parenting circles, you know, what's appropriate to share with kids or whatever, yeah. but that you knew that your dad had this friend that was struggling with addiction yeah. and he's helping him and this is just part of what we do yeah and friendship with people yeah well it was very much a family thing my mom befriended his wife and the kids were Mm. friends of ours they were a little bit older than me but i have older siblings so it was like yeah Yeah. it was definitely a family family thing thing. yeah that's so interesting yeah yeah i think you know we often i don't know about you guys but i know i i don't always realize how how much the example that was set for me as a child really does kind of set forth your path in life or the choices you make around how you're going to invest your life or your time. Um, And it's, you know, Katie and I talked about that in my last interview about it's not always the things that our parents say, but it's often how how they example and live without necessarily articulating it so clearly, but it still is something that really stands out. It is impressionable in a big way. One said, you're teaching your kids all the time. Sometimes you use words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrifying thing yeah, to hear as sure. a parent. <laughs> 
Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, um, so we're talking about outreaching love and how this is kind of true religion. This is how mm-hmm. we really practice faith. So what does outreaching love mean to you guys? I think for me, my what it means is it uh, taking a look at the life of Jesus and how he... Um, exemplified compassion and care for people in an active way so he didn't just feel compassion but he acted on it and that that to me is outreaching love is acting on your acting out your care for others yeah yeah Yeah. that's cool yeah i I mean i guess if you if you think about this as outreaching love and maybe as opposed to any other kinds of love i don't know but we have I, i i think the key part is is that outside part, and I think we, I mean, we we live in sort of, I don't know, I was thinking about it, all the circles of that we live in from our own personal space, and then family, and then friends, and others, church family, neighbors, people you know, and then out on on and out to strangers, and um, and I feel like, yeah, and I feel like Jesus is always pushing us out farther, you know, and. Um, beyond our comfort zone. Beyond, yeah, outside of outside of that, I was uh, I was actually thinking about it because one of the classic scriptural references would be the, the Good Samaritan, and I was like, this is like if you went to Jesus and asked him what outreaching love was, which is exact, which is essentially what the guy who asked him yeah. <laughs> asked what his question was. Jesus says, you know, you have to, uh, I mean, you know, that we're supposed to love our neighbors, and he's well, who is my neighbor? Yeah. Which I could be interpreted as. What does it mean? What does outreaching love mean? And then the answer is this story that Jesus yeah. tells, right? And yeah. that's that's the story. That's the well. That's so interesting because that story in its original context was really controversial because you know mm. Samaritans were not thought mm. of as decent people, mm-hmm. and when Jacob and I, um, well, he was a missionary in Hungary, kind of the summers we were in seminary together and so I the summer we got engaged I went to Hungary and served with him in this church Mm. and he wanted to retell that story as the story of the good gypsy Mm. and the pastor said no (laughs) because gypsies were so maligned in that culture and here we are with all these you know great fellow Christian people Mm. and we were saying how well this would be a really good like a challenging way to (laughs) really communicate the truth of this story Mm. that you know, the most unlovable, you know, uh, the people that we consider other, that are different, that yeah. are not liked, that those are the people we're meant to embrace, mm-hmm. and the pastor wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. let us do it. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. a wonderful demonstration, that story, but it's also deeply challenging, too, because yeah. it's not just, yeah, our friends and our neighbors and people that we like, it's mm. also like Jesus reached out to all of these like untouchable, unlovable kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And even Josh's sermon a few weeks ago, he was talking about the demon-possessed man who's, mm-hmm. you know, alone in the wind and going crazy and on the wrong side of the lake and all that kind of stuff. And that's where Jesus chooses to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. There's We're always being pushed and challenged to reach beyond what's, what's comfortable mm-hmm. for us in terms of these are the people I prefer to love <laughs> than I would really rather choose. But. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, and it's natural. That's the way we are. It's a human nature, right? To We're tribal yeah. kind of beings. We and, and there's a certain, you know, normality to taking care of yourself, taking care of 
your own, you know, but, um, and I think that's why, you know, this this is Jesus having to cut through that natural tendency. I mean, it is, it's hard because it's, it's going against that. Yeah. Yeah. And that process really is lifelong. I find it's Mm. always, we're always being pushed and challenged. But like, I think he equips us and, and, and he gives us the desire to do it. Like, Mm. I think we can ask him for the desire. We can ask him for his heart and who he wants us to connect with. And I think he can give us, he can, he will equip us for that. And it's amazing how, um, I remember once being in a church and listening to a sermon and this woman was talking about, um, oh, the feet, her fear of God sending her to deep, dark Africa. (laughs) And at that time I was preparing to go to work in Rwanda and I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, That would be my, yes, bring it on. Right. And so how are we all different and how does he equip us? And as well, I think if we take that first step and once we get involved, it doesn't become this onerous thing. You, you get to know people and they, they are no, no longer the other and it changes your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So on that topic, how do you guys choose where to invest and who to invest in? Because, I mean, the reason we thought of you guys was we know you open your home. We know you're very acquainted with your neighbors. You have lots of table people in. You do street hope. Like, you guys have a lot of places you're investing in. Um, yeah, I think, well, I'll speak to the street hope one initially. That, um, I mean, both Michelle and I, I think, have always had uh, a certain heart for those that are um, marginalized in, marginalized or in poverty. I mean, that was one of the reasons that from led you out to Rwanda. experience or just? I, I'm not even sure where that comes from. I think that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just am that type of a person. <laughs> I, I gravitate towards people who face multiple barriers, who mm-hmm. live in poverty and, yeah, have unequal access to resources. That's just who I am. And yeah. you're... You're yeah, and I, and I and I guess that was that that orientation is we were kind of looking for something, some way to be involved with um, that community. And um, when we moved into into our, the place we're in now, we're kind of closer to the downtown core, and so that seemed like a natural place to put our focus. And then this opportunity came up. Really, it was yeah, yeah. and that, and we took it off. <laughs> the na- the neighborhood thing was kind of also a. I think, yeah, the neighborhood thing. So we moved into the place where we're at 10 years ago and new community. And um, I think as well, when you're looking for something to get involved in, take a look at yourself. What do you, what are your interests? What are your, what are you good at? But what are your own needs too? I think we have to remember that, that it's not just about giving because in giving you are receiving. And I was looking for community, especially um, with women. And so I was really it was I was gardening a lot in the front and so people were walking by so I started to connect with my neighbors and um so I invited them in a bunch of women over to and asked if they wanted to start a book club with me and and I remember one of the women at the book at that first meeting said I've lived on this street for over 35 years and this is the first time I've been in a neighbor's house and yeah people were so affirming of this like another woman said I just read this newspaper article on indicators of happiness and one indicator is how well you know your neighbors 
And another one was talking about trust and the importance of building trust within community. Yeah. So that was 10 years ago and we're still... 35 years and she'd never been to anybody else's home. No. Wow. And she now, I just want to say that she's now like the grandmother on the street. Um, like a year and a half ago, a she's number of women... She's our block watch captain. She's our block watch captain. <laughs> yeah. But a year and a half ago, a bunch of women uh, and men had babies. And <laughs> she would start a Friday... She started a Friday afternoon thing where all the moms could bring their babies to her house, right? Pre-COVID, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So... That's so cool. There are so many interconnected relationships now on our street apart from us. Yeah. 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 And the book club still... That's still something that you guys... Yeah, January, it'll be 10 years. Wow, that's so cool. It's great. I mean, it's great to hear stories like that because I think people, well, I know I'll speak for myself, Mm. (laughs) but oftentimes, you know, you think, how how can I reach out? What do people need? You know, all that sort of thing. And I know for Jacob and I, you know, we've been on our street eight years now and we know all of our neighbors, but we could never get anybody to commit to like a book club or a, like we've done street parties and we Mm -hmm. do hangouts and now we're the house where all the kids come and jump on the trampoline, which is, which is great, but it's been very hard to get the adults out Mm. and connecting. I think especially because people are all different ages. We have retired Mm. people, we have young families and we know all of the people, but it's hard to find a common denominator to kind of get everybody on board with. Yeah. So, but but it doesn't have to be everyone at the same time. Right? Yeah, I mean, um, but I think this, you know, the whole idea of just getting to know that—that that, that's the part of the first thing, I guess. You know, because then you know what. Yeah. What would show love to this person? Yeah. Now I know yeah. because I know what their situation is. Or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you can show love to strangers that you don't know as well, but um, you know, on in a neighborhood way, I think that's. Yeah. You get to know Well, definitely the neighborhood way is reciprocal. Like the number of times we've had neighbors check on our house while we're away or, hey, we noticed this wasn't locked up for you guys. Going to go do it for you. (laughs) We've never bought a lawnmower. We just share one on the street. (laughs) It's really handy. That's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, it's great. (laughs) It's awesome. We just borrowed a wheelbarrow the other day from our neighbor. It's so good. Yeah. There's there's stuff going up and down our street all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's kind of having this sort of extended family, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going through things. We, There's a family in our street who are kind of, they have very active boys, sweet boys. So we have them over, yeah. you know, pre-COVID, but we have them over a lot of our house to play. And yeah. Yeah, just to kind of give their parents a break. And yeah. it's nice to do that for each other. Yeah. One of the things that it morphed, uh, the book club morphed, well, in morphed into kind of is uh, soup night. So pre-COVID, we would do soup at somebody's house somebody would host mm-hmm. and so that started to include people outside of the book club which and was men. and men <laughs> yeah. yes and, and kids men. and kids yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah that so was everybody just too. goes over eats soup hangs out yeah. yeah it's it was yeah it's pretty casual but it's and but it's been super i mean people have got into it so yeah just kind of neat it's, cool. i mean it it just shows i think that people are hungry for connection connection yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's true I, that was something that really surprised me actually moving back to Victoria after being in Toronto for several years. You know, when you live in Toronto, your houses are less than two feet away from each other. So you have to interact with your neighbors. I mean, I would joke sometimes I'd see my next door neighbor more than I saw my husband, like, because yeah. he worked from home and I was right. home with the kids yeah. and we would just see each other all the time. Yeah. And 
you know, there's not a lot of yard space. So everybody's yeah. in the park at the end of right. the cul-de-sac. And yeah. and then when we moved here, and that's kind of a liability of being in suburbia, is you have all this private space. Mm-hmm. So people don't necessarily need to yeah. interact mm-hmm. or because you have this great big yard surrounding you. And mm-hmm. so definitely, you know, we've bemoaned that over the years is that really our living situation kind of makes it more challenging mm-hmm. to connect with people because mm-hmm. you kind of exist in your own little universe. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, totally okay. easy for us to do that. I would say. You know, yeah. <laughs> but we get we get you know we have this yard when we spend a lot of time up there, and the, and it's easy just to hole up in there. I mean, especially now. But but we live. We have one neighbor that's very close, and so, yeah. like as in physically close, yeah. and yeah, they're that's also true. and so consequently they've become they yeah. are becoming they just moved in now. Yeah, and, that, yeah. So they're now becoming close that's as true. far as yeah. friends too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, which is nice. And they did have. A neighbor two doors down one a while back I was working out there and he starts he yells over the over two yeah. sets of fences and he goes, Hey You do that all the time. There's there's um a family two doors down from us and they have a trampoline and we have a trampoline and so uh, the kids yell at each other from yeah. the trampolines across yeah. the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> nice little neighbor conversation. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have really intentionally opened up your own home and and responded to your neighborhood. Do you want to tell people a little bit about Street Hope and what that's been like? And sure. Um, so I mean, there may be people who don't even know what it is. Um, basically, it start. I mean, it originally started with a fellow who worked for um, an organization called the Church Army. Um, is now known as Threshold Ministries. He came out. His name is Rick Sandberg. And he, I, yeah, yeah, there you know it. There you go. All right. Well, there you go. So, so he came out and he was kind of just a, he, he acted basically as a street chaplain. I think that was kind of how he saw himself. Um, initially, mostly working with youth on the street in Victoria. And then, uh, and that kind of shifted and he took on more, more sort of broad based work. And, um, and then by the time, we got involved, so he had he had done it in different ways. At, by the time we got involved, he was operating out of this um, old RV that um, I think had been given to him from some guys in the Fraser Valley. But so they would uh, drive the RV down, park it on the street downtown, and and welcome people in. And they had food and um, and then just opportunities to to chat with people. Some and then and so we got involved because he came to our to our church and um, was talking about it. The church was supportive of what he was doing and, and he gave a little thing on it and I was intrigued. So we, uh, I guess you must have been too. <laughs> I don't know. We both went down and um, and he was just, he's an inspiring, there's another example. He's an inspiring person and, um, and we're like, yeah, this looks like something we could get involved with. And it was already part of our thinking of wanting to do something in that kind of field or and in, in this area, in this neighborhood. So, um, yeah. I, we, I think, importantly, we had been praying about something. We yeah. had been asking God just to give us some ideas and direction of how we could be involved in the greater community in Victoria, and mm-hmm. and then this came up, and we thought we would check it out. And here's a little funny aside. Yeah. So we went out there on a Tuesday night, and yeah. we hung out there, and. Uh, at the end of the evening, Rick said to us, so what do you think? Can you start on next Tuesday and join in? And Tib said, yeah, sure. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, don't we, um, don't we need to talk about this yeah. first? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That, 
It's very, I just look, that it's is just, anomaly. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not very usually me. That's than usual. So what compelled you? I, I think, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think it was, I think a large of it was to do with Rick, but also I think it was just such a neat, it was such a, a lovely atmosphere in, yeah. in there, and it continued to be. And I think that was something that always, it was always inspiring, is just having, having that space and... A place where people could come to, and it was a, it was a light for them. It was a place that they could come in off of the street and be in a different place where they are affirmed and cared for mm-hmm. and where they can relax and receive, right? They don't yeah. have to look for something. We're giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how does a typical night unfold? What does it look like? So, uh, well, of course, well, now we have to all talk about pre-COVID, COVID. Uh, before, yeah, before. Uh, before it was it was basically that we had we actually we've got a new we got a new RV um, in the years that we were involved um, and and kind of redid it up. But basically, we just park it down near um, kind of near where the McDonald's is, Vancouver and Pandora. Yeah. Um, and there is uh, we have uh, some volunteers who prep food. Uh, one woman in particular, she's actually a member of Cool, um, who does a bunch of soup. And so we have soup and we had like a bunch of loaves of bread and various sandwich fixings. And we make up sandwiches for people and serve them soup. And there's like in the RV, there was kind of like a, several bench seating kind of areas. We could probably get like, what, ten. eight, ten people in there. Really? And, yeah, uh, and we'd have like four four or so volunteers we have like christmas lights strung up it's uh-huh. very cozy it's like a little coffee shop yeah. living room we have benches we had this great volunteer who totally gutted the rv for us and reconfigured yeah. it so people can sit facing each other and yeah, yeah it's open nice. up the space yeah and then we have and then we usually have people hanging around outside as well um and so we always and well serve people we have the kind of the takeout window at one end um and so there's food and there's also conversation we always yeah. try to have a one volunteer sit, sitting with the people that are sitting. coming in and chatting with them yeah. and or outside um with the folks outside that don't want to come in yeah, yeah. or yeah. are waiting outside yeah, yeah so sort of depends on who's there yeah. and how many people we have ideally we have enough volunteers that there's one kind of floater person that can just go around and talk to people and while the other people are serving food sometimes it gets a bit crazy with the food and just that's all you're doing (laughs) but but. do you see a lot of the same faces Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's a real mix there's definitely people who've been around for a long time that we see regularly there's people that would come in every week basically and then we're always surprised at the people that come in that we don't know right yeah there's there's always new people there's i mean every week there would be new people that we've never seen before and then there would be people who hadn't, we hadn't seen for years and would come yeah, back come or, back. Mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So, but it was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was particularly one of the things we love was getting to know people and, and having that kind of chance to develop relationship with them over, over a long period of time. You yeah. Know? yeah. There's, there's a couple of guys, <laughs> a couple of the guys that we see all, all the time when they have been there since the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, my parents were the, when they came out to visit from Ontario would come out on Tuesday nights and <laughs> get to, so they got to know yeah, them. And yeah. so now my mom keeps in touch with these two guys in particular, <laughs> yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Sends them birthday gifts. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's very cute. Awesome. 
Yeah. And you guys have brought a number of table people. Yeah, it's at, that's been fantastic. You know, we kind of threw it out there a couple of times looking for other people to get involved, and we've had we've had a good response. Oh, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, the help that we've gotten, that they've become part of the Street Hope community. Yeah, yeah. so they're with us. Yeah. yeah. Is there ever a time, you know, Jonathan talked about this in his sermon, like... You know, ideally, we would always be poised to, to want to reach out to anybody to write all. But is there ever a time when Tuesday comes up and you feel like, oh, I don't want to? All the time. All the time. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you. I mean, no, okay, maybe I should say all the time. Oh, but yeah, frequently. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's tons of times when I'm just like, oh, I've had a long day. I really don't. Um, I don't tired. feel like it. I don't, you know, I, I don't think I have it, you know, and um in me to, to, to do it. And, um, you know, we talked about this, what, what is, what breaks that is just this, I mean, we've kind of made this commitment, mm-hmm. right? So I know it's like, I mean, I don't know, as a parent, you know, this kind yeah. of thing too, right? You just, you don't have a choice, right? You've yeah. done this, you're in it. And whether you feel like it or not, I know that we've, we've said we're going to do this on Tuesday night. So we go. Um, but I, I have to say that even on those nights when I, when I go in going like, I oh, just, uh, um, it, I'm, the night has gone like so quickly. So quickly, and I, mm-hmm. and at the end of the night, I was like, "Wow, I, I don't know where the energy came from." I don't, know. but it's, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's God. It's the, I mean, the other volunteers. Right? I was, I was saying, you know, like Laura Rand has come yeah. out and helped us, and I'm like. I mean, what activity is not more fun with it with Laura around, oh, right? So oh, we take her on vacation with us for that very reason. Yeah. So yeah, so it's just that there's that energy, and and then meeting people and being shown, you know, I mean, there's that we get, we get re- received from them too, and mm-hmm. the the guests. So I think you have to remember that you have to be yourself too. Like you're not going in there. You can't just turn on the energy either. And people are very aware of where where we're coming from what's going on in our lives yeah. um they ask us what how our day was so yeah. we could be honest right and well it was challenging or, yeah. or this is what's going on yeah. and and it gives them an opportunity to respond to us as well mm-hmm. right so it's not just about ministering to people yeah. right it's You're receiving yeah yeah i think that's so important it's to remind people of too that it it's also a, a gift and a blessing that you're receiving. I think oftentimes we can think of hundreds of reasons why we couldn't make such a commitment or, oh, it's every Tuesday. I can't do every Tuesday or, you know, but as you're saying, like, if you can just commit and show up consistently, like there, there is gift and blessing on the other side for you as well as wanting to be a blessing to other people. So much gift and blessing, like, yeah. in the relationships that yeah. we have with with people and i think the structure of having to be there every tuesday is really helpful it keeps us accountable it gets us out of the house right because we can come up with any excuse <laughs> in the book to stay home all yeah, right yeah yeah so yeah, it's yeah. been a long day every yeah. day tomorrow i guess you know like, yeah yeah there's a lot of inertia that can yeah. that can distract us yeah. yeah it's true i think um i think that's some of what's hard about this covid season is you know, it there was already a lot of reasons to not go and not commit and not show up for things, and now it's actually oh, there's there's health reasons yeah. why yeah. I would stay home. So what does it look like now going on Tuesday nights? 
Well, we've had to switch. We've had to go yeah. on foot. We can't do it in the RV because it's too close quarters, right? right? Yeah. And so, and then also, and even if we surf from the RV, people would gather outside and then we would be liable, right? Because they wouldn't necessarily distance. And so now we go out on foot. We bring food. Uh, we bring sandwiches and soup and cookies. And we also bring some mitts and hats. And we walk up and down the block of Pandora. Okay. Yeah, and connect with people that are hanging out out there. Mm -hmm. And it's actually been great because I find that, yeah, we do have the food, but the food is not the primary focus. We're not, because it's all pre-made and so we can hand it out. So there's a lot more opportunity for one-on-one -on -one conversation yeah. and for praying with people if they want to pray together. Mm -hmm. So I'm... I'm not missing the RV, but <laughs> but people, but people, but folks are. They are yeah. really missing that place that they can come to. Yeah, yeah. 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 They thing. are always asking, when are we? When is it, when it coming yeah. back? When yeah. So how do those one-on-one -on -one conversations go? I mean, there was another point Jonathan brought up in his sermon is how do you initiate, mm -hmm. you know, when you're having a chit-chat conversation with somebody, which I can go on for forever, but <laughs> to switch to say, okay, could I pray for you? Because there is that fear of rejection too right where somebody say actually no <laughs> yeah well they do people yeah. to say well if you believe you can if you want if you believe in god but yeah. i don't right so people yeah. people are honest yeah. and it's okay right and it, i mean we know a lot of the people so you also mm -hmm. know who you can say that to in a respectful way and who yeah. it wouldn't be appropriate to right. say to so um and you learn that through trial and error and right. hanging out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Michelle's better at that than I am. I'll, just, I'll and, give you that. You but. know, and it's, I mean, when you have something to give to somebody, that opens up so like many. Like a tangible thing. A tangible yeah. yeah. And that, I would say, is the example of my mom. Because in Nigeria, and then myself in Rwanda, you are always being asked for something, especially for money. Yeah. And you don't necessarily... Um, might not feel like it's the right thing to give in that moment money but if you have something else mm -hmm. and then that opens up an opportunity mm -hmm. to connect with the person and talk and so we have food where we and that mm -hmm. opens up a connection right away yeah. i can just say hey i've got some soup do you want some soup and then you see where it, where it goes yeah right yeah a lot of the people know us right because we've been mm -hmm. doing this for a long time so they would recognize yeah yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, and I guess there's there's an advantage to being part of an established thing because sure. they know they know street oh street hope is that yeah sort of Christian organization yeah. we have I mean although it's interesting because almost there's an assumption that it's a Christian thing actually which yeah. is actually kind of funny interesting we often get people come in they go oh, what church are you guys from mm. yeah even though interesting you know it's not and <laughs> and also I am amazed like when we were in the RV how busy we would get with serving food and we wouldn't necessarily have a chance to sit down and talk with people and at the end of the evening somebody would leave and they would say oh god bless you and we haven't even talked about god right huh. like and it's somebody new and i mean granted there are posters all over yeah, the walls was, of the rv christian yeah, posters yeah. right <laughs> so but yeah. like it's amazing how god comes up he you know What's that verse in the Bible about even the stones will cry out, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I, I think that that is yeah. the spirit of God yeah. Right? Yeah. at work. 
Yeah, that's interesting. When you haven't even made it a point of conversation, people mm-hmm. still make that connection. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. So um, lastly, I just want to talk to you guys, because obviously I knew you guys would be chatting with us, and we could talk about Street Hope, and mm-hmm. some of us have been talking about doing a reverse advent calendar mm-hmm. in as a way of kind of joining with you guys in Street Hope. So do you want to talk about that? Because we've got Advent coming up. Yeah. <laughs> that would great. be wonderful if you could pack up a shoebox full of goodies. So, or more than one shoebox. Or more than yeah. <laughs> or more than yeah. yeah Ideally, we, you'd like to have one per person, or yes. yeah, yeah. And so yeah, we would typically kind of wait till we have at, I don't know what at least forty or fifty of them before we give them out, just because then it then we could feel like we can give to everyone. Awesome. I mean, we've never done this in this mode before we usually did it when we were in the RV but um, yeah so things like uh, single serving food items like granola bars mm-hmm. um, uh, pudding like soft food and if you're going to put a, like a pudding in or like an applesauce put a um, a spoon with yeah. it like chocolate bar um, juice boxes juice boxes cookies um, hat gloves socks would yeah. be really helpful and People and if you can take the time to write a note, that would yeah. be really nice. Like just so many, we have so many memories of giving out these shoe boxes and people, like pulling out the note. Here's one story: somebody pulling out the note and reading it, and then he asked me for a Ziploc bag, and I had no idea what he was going to do with the Ziploc bag. I gave it to him, and he put the note in it and put it in his pocket. And he goes, "I want to keep it safe so it doesn't get wet." Oh. Like it just is real. Those are like those little thoughtful words yeah and I remember another a woman when she got the shoebox she pulled it out and this one had uh, some makeup items in it and she goes this is exactly what I was looking for I needed these things yeah it was just yeah Yeah. people really feel loved and cared for by these shoeboxes because they are remembered right it's their only gift that they might be getting at Christmas yeah Yeah. so is it appropriate to wrap them yes they would love it if you could wrap it so we can you wrap the lid separately, separately. from the bottom right, so you can kind of open and see yeah check on the contents yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah and if 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 you make it yeah. gender specific or whatever um just to put a note on the outside and then we know like okay. so a post-it we don't, yeah i mean to we also get i mean they sometimes get mixed up and people open it and go well i think this is maybe <laughs> <laughs> but they'll pass it on but they'll pass it on yeah so yeah, we often yeah, yeah. get we, we tell people yeah just you know trades trade with your neighbor yeah. or something if you got something you, you can't yeah. use and and people are good about that too so yeah yeah so yeah. the idea we came up with was for advent for the concept of a reverse mm. advent calendars instead of opening something up and receiving something for yourself you're putting something into the box so and yeah. nina and i were talking yesterday about you know for the next month We'll take the little list of suggestions to the store and then we'll let the kids pick mm-hmm. something each for the shoe boxes that we'll be making and kind of collectively sort of gathering things. So that's awesome. That's, that's totally great. That, thank you. Well, I mean, I, you know, again, it's like, how do we involve our kids yeah. and yeah. help them to see this is not just an obligation, but this is something personal we're doing to care for somebody else. And, um, you know, I, you know, some of us have talked about could we volunteer while we have our kids and can't be downtown and da da da. Yeah. But this is something really practical that and easy that they could do. And I know, like, 
it's just a, a small thing, but even when we were baking cookies for you guys yeah. when the pandemic yeah. started, I mean, my girls, it was a whole industry in our house. Like, Lily's baking, Evie's making notes, we're packing them up. I, I mean, that was another example. I, I wanted to mention that, too, because people did make cookies, and they people loved it. He, they did. Then they loved the little notes. And, the notes. and we would tell them these were kids that made the cookies and they loved it. And they kept saying, tell those kids, thank you. I hope yeah. we did tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just as a, as a parent, it's a great way, you know, because there's so many things kids aren't allowed to do or can't do or aren't yeah. qualified to do. But it's something really simple that they can do yeah. and they can participate and they can be a part of it. And I think that's, you know, ideally as a parent to be able to involve kids in reaching out to in love to people yeah. and and i think you know we've had that's led to conversations in the home about well who's michelle giving this to well right. these are the people that they see every tuesday and this is yeah. what's happening in their lives and it helps kind of make a bit more of a connection and and create a little bit more awareness of people that live differently from how we do yeah. um so it's a good teaching moment for us but then also just a, a good you know Better to focus on that than, oh, well, what are we going to buy for each other for Christmas, you know? Like, it's just a better better focus for us. So, yeah. This is great, guys. Thank you so much. I, and and uh, I will add, I think it's okay to say that you're welcome to come, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. Anyone ever want, if you, if you, made a, if you make up a sh- bunch of shoeboxes and you'd like to be part of giving them out, you're totally welcome to. Or else just to come out on a Tuesday or night. Or any Tuesday as a, yeah. Just to see what it's like, yeah. right? Yeah, we've so had people, people drop in. People just, can just email you. Yeah, or, just yeah. contact us. And yeah. Let us know that you'd like to to come in. I had somebody just recently say, "Oh yeah, I'd like to do that." And I say, "Yeah, just yeah. let us know and come on down." And it's, I mean, it's yeah, I, it's the downtown yeah. at night. So I mean, <laughs> keep that in yeah. mind. But if you're comfortable with that, then yeah. Yeah, and people could just maybe come a couple times a month or. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And people on the street are respectful. Like we wear our masks and we try to physically distance and people are respectful of that. So it's well, <laughs> for the most part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I feel like that's a commonality with people across all, all fields of life. So yeah, great. Well, thanks guys. Okay. Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, B.C. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by the Preparation EP, written and arranged by Coco Reliabe, can be found at thetablechurch.bandcamp.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.